Oh wait, I can turn it off. I'm sure you can. Yeah, I just Even did it. Even people who play music I turned don't it off. like that all the time. It's just a button. Oh good. And I think it also counts in. It goes like it's like one, two, three, four. I don't know. This is all brand new. I think it's also because this computer's from 2015, and <laughs> I haven't done any like solid updates on it sure. since 2015. Why would you? So if it ain't broke, you know, don't fix it. <laughs> and I will stand by that. <laughs> <laughs> the not fixing it category. <laughs> Everything's hard. It's hard. <laughs> hard. I assume we're going. Yeah, we're going. Welcome. Welcome to Conversations in, in Comfort Pants. I'm Clara. And I be Alex. Hi, Alex. Hi, Clara. How are you? Oh, you know. Living. 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 That's great news. Yeah, we're great. Me too. How are you? Also living. We're living. We're doing it. We're alive over here. Sure are. <laughs> Touch and go there for a minute. <laughs> it's not a ghost podcast no. yet. Yeah. TBD. In like 90 years. Yeah. Tune 90. back in. Tune back in <laughs> next week. We're going to be at our least favorite person's house. TBD, who that is. You'll know. Haunting them. them You'll with know. With our. Them. Not funny jokes. Yeah. <laughs> Laughing at ourselves. Wouldn't that be hilarious is if you <laughs> could haunt a via podcast? Oh. Like just constantly be doing a podcast in somebody's house that like doesn't <laughs> want you there. <laughs> doesn't think you're funny. Doesn't think you're funny. Not interested. You're making terrible jokes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. That I mean I think that's the dream. It could be worse. It's not really like we're could. trying to kill them. Mm. Just put in some noise canceling headphones and you're good to go. Oh no, I would like poke them. Well, no, I would make it so I would be in the headphones. Oh, right, we're ghosts. We we're can ghosts. go into we can their be in the headphones. Whatever they're listening to yeah. as well. Great point. Great point. Yeah. AirPods aren't stopping us. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I know how ghosts work, <laughs> and that is how. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> well, how? We already said, how are we? Um, We're alive. Check. Uh, <laughs> check. That part of the script. Did you see the Oscar nominations no. come out? So, fun fact. I'm I, actually surprised the Oscars are still happening. I kind of thought okay. last year was going to be the last one. I love award shows. Sure. Big fan. Okay. Always have been. It's a little guilty pleasure of mine. Love watching an award show. See? I learn something new about you every day. You do. Yeah. I love award shows. I used to be, like, super into them. Like, mm-hmm. anytime there was an award show, like, mm-hmm. music, movies, TV, whatever, I would watch it. Now I've kind of pared down to just, like... The big ones. The big ones. Um, I like to watch the beginning, the red carpet for all the outfits. Mm-hmm. But I've never seen any of the movies. Yeah. Because they're, like, not that good. The Which Academy I, has terrible taste, well, and, is what I'm saying. And also, some of them aren't even, like, out in, like, wide distribution mm. when they're nominated. They're, like, Sundance ones or something? There's, like, a rule, I think, that it has to be, like, in at least X number of theaters uh, okay. by a certain date. <clears throat> uh-huh. And so what some companies will do is they'll do a limited release in, like, New York and Cheating. L.A. So, they're, so they qualify mm-hmm. for the award shows, but... They're nobody's not, <laughs> but nobody's seen it, which is stupid. I mean, if anyway. it wins, though, then everybody's going to go to the theaters to see it. That's true. It's kind of a good idea. Oh, yeah. Okay, go on. Sorry. Um, but the nominations came out. Is there one we know? There's one we know. He's nominated for Best Actor. Lin-Manuel? No. <laughs> Who 
else do we? Oh, Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser. Oh. He's nominated for of best course actor. He is. I've heard that movie's a tearjerker. I have heard that too. I uh, listened to that podcast. I sent it to you with um, Dana Carvey. Oh yes, Harvey Carvey. Carvey and the llama. <laughs> David Spade. David Spade. <laughs> Goose <Cow. Yeah. laughs> And Brendan Fraser. Oh, I love Brendan. Uh, and they said that it was a tearjerker, but I, wonderful. I, you know, I just love how Brendan Fraser. He's back, baby. He's of course he is. He's back. He's I just back. love it. And his acceptance speech at I can't I don't even remember what award show it was. Um so like I just warmed it's perfect. my cold dead heart. <laughs> <laughs> I grew a half a size that half day. Half a size that day. <laughs> just because of you, Brendan Fraser. Oh, you did it. Yeah, he got like a twenty minute standing ovation at the Whatever, Sundance. Not Sundance, but yeah. some film festival that was in Cannes, because that's the only one I know. Yeah, that he, didn't he do this little, like, stupid? Oh, of course he so did. so cute. <laughs> so anyway, I just wanted to share that. Because, Good. You know, Good job, Brandon. He's always it. rooting for you. Always. Did you know that he, they divorced now, but on George of the Jungle, mm. you know, the friend who, like, sees him in... Leslie Mann's apartment. <laughs> and she's like... It's and, been so long since he, I've okay, seen that never mind. Well, she married. Or they got married. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and you just found out he went to college in Seattle. He said he was from Seattle. Well, I read his Wikipedia. Okay. His family moved around a lot when he was mm. little, and one of the places he lived was Seattle. Mm. And Darn, I missed my chance. I know. But he was here. He went to Cornish College of the Arts, which is huh. downtown. I don't think I've heard of it. Mm-hmm. I had a couple friends that went to Cornish. Cornish? Back when I was in the theater days. What? <laughs> okay, tell me everything. What, were you, what, did, what was your, your biggest performance? I was Oliver in what? a uh, <laughs> Seattle Children's Theater production of oh, As You Like It. Wow. We almost changed the character's name to Olivia because we were oh, like, no, no. we want to be edgy. I don't know. <laughs> different I was Oliver cute I did theater for a solid eight years what uh huh <laughs> eight years I did wow classes and plays and interesting yeah. it was fun times again did not know that about you two things you've learned about two me today two things in one day you're welcome oh my goodness well that's the podcast everybody we Bye. should talk more <laughs> yeah. we, we should talk more often <laughs> about life pre- when we met. Oh, it was hardly life, wasn't it? It was half a life. <laughs> truly, truly. Before I knew you. Um, okay. I've got a few things. It sounds like it. Or um, it looks like it. Yeah, because it's all in my... First of all, I think this is the most important. Okay. So in Los Angeles, Costco is working on a deal where they would have a, a retail space where they would have the Costco warehouse mm-hmm. with apartments above the Costco. Why not? That would be the best place to live. It oh, would be a very dangerous place to live. Hungry? Go down by a Costco they thing have, corn dogs. And all the apartments have giant fridges. <laughs> They'd have to. So you can put all your frozen sections. They would have to. <laughs> <laughs> Their pantries are huge. Or you could just buy one at Costco, which is just downstairs. <laughs> Shipping? 
Nowhero. Just got go an elevator. Pick it up. <laughs> Feeling a little peckish? Need a little snack? Oh my god! Three samples. I would eat so many of those giant slices of pizza. Yeah. That are like the size of a plate. Or the $1.50 hot dog. Yeah. With a soda. Both. Done. Ooh, and the froyo. Ooh, mm-hmm. yeah. I was really mad when they got rid of the swirl. I didn't know. Yeah, they don't have I'm the swirl devastated. anymore. You gotta choose? It, no, you just give vanilla. What kind of trash is that? I don't know. It's because Jeff Brotman died. I see the swirl guy. He founded it. He was the founder. <laughs> he loves the swirl. He loves the swirl. We used to call it the squirrel. The squirrel. <laughs> I want a squirrel. Yeah, they got rid of the swirl, which was well, the best one. pointless. I know. I know. So yeah. What a People nightmare. will be living above a Costco, which I'm like, oh, yes. Man. I would like to go to there. I would like to go to there. Uh... Yeah, why not? They're so big. Yeah. And they're always flat, one story. Mm-hmm. Go up. Just, yeah, build up. Why not? Apartments. You got the space. Everyone gets a Costco membership with their lease. Oh, nice That one. would be great if you, like, signed nice a lease one. and you automatically got a Costco membership. Just snap your picture. Could you imagine if you lived in that building and did not have a Costco membership? Are we talking wholesale apartment prices? I don't know. I couldn't read Full the article price. because I had to, like, but sign in for it. But Here's the biggest problem. Would be the parking. Oh. Well, you know, there are places downtown where there's, like... Designated. Designated, like, four tenants only. Or, like, you can yeah, only get true. to certain levels if mm-hmm, you're... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you live there. Sure. Okay. Then I'm all for it. Yeah, I'm, no. I'm all for it. <laughs> Yeah, you would definitely need a Costco card. Although, for the food courts, a lot of times, it's through the exit. Yeah, you don't have you don't to have one. a Costco card. And in California, the food courts are outside. Mm. Which threw me off the first time we went to a San, a San Diego Costco. I think there's maybe the... I don't know. There's it's one through, outside around here, too. I was probably like, changed. What? I haven't been there in 20 years. <laughs> I'm like, how That's very it? exciting. I love I love a Costco. I was just there today. <gasps> you were? What do they have? Anything Costco. good? You know, they usually do. <laughs> we were just kind of browsing. Yeah. Not really looking for anything in particular. I recently got a Costco card. <gasps> That's exciting. And I've only been in the store once. I bought my TV with yeah. it. Okay. And my coat. Okay. Well, if you ever want to go to Costco, I'm always I down do. for a Costco run. <gasps> It'd be more fun with a partner. Oh, yeah. I was kind of overwhelmed. I mean, I've been to Costco before, but... It's different when you're on your own. own card. It's different when you're on your own yeah. because, you know, the world is... Scarier. Scarier. <laughs> um, but, yeah, oh. And I'd never really been to that one, so I didn't really know where anything was. Mm. But I did make some excellent purchases. Got to. Did you know that there's Costco box one? <laughs> yeah, there sure is. <laughs> I did purchase. <laughs> Thought of that when I, when I was there today. I was looking. I'm like, I'm like, okay, yeah, there's good box wine. And I was like, I was like, oh, and the bottles are like seven bucks. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Love a deal. Love a deal. That's where I get like all of our paper products. Our Costco. Interesting. Paper towels. Toilet paper. Oh right, 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 right. I was like, oh. how often are you writing in a journal? Not, not often. I understand. Yes, yeah. as well. As I. I mean, it just makes, it makes so much sense. Well, I mean, it's like, yeah, it's a lot, but it doesn't expire. Yeah. I've got room for it in my bathroom. Exactly. It has a big old closet, so. 
We keep it in our garage. I'll buy it once a year. Do you know what happened to me during March 2021? I had a bunch of toilet paper. You were rolling in the TP. <laughs> I was rolling in it. I didn't need any. I didn't need to panic buy. That was the same with Brian and I. We were like, we are... All set. We are solid with the TP. <laughs> Thank God. I, yeah, that was like the best thing. <laughs> is that we had... We're like, all right. Costco. <laughs> Costco. Thanks Thank for you. looking out. Anyways, um, okay, this is such, this is very tragic. Oh. You're gonna want to laugh, but we shouldn't. Okay, but this is an important life reminder. Oh, I'm I need very those. Serious about this. Okay, I need a lot of those. A couple and their daughter were driving home because the dad had just had heart surgery, and they were on the way home, taking him home from the hospital. Mm-hmm. So they pull over into a Denny's parking lot, uh, maybe to like pee or something hopefully not eat there because he just had heart surgery but either way maybe he wanted a grand slam i mean <laughs> I, that's true his arteries fresh, are fresh arteries to clog as they can be <laughs> but either way the denny sign fell onto <gasps> their car I saw this and killed 72 year old lillian curtis and 77 year old lloyd curtis i saw isn't that so sad? Don't park under the signs. So this is your 2023 reminder to tell people you love that you love them mm-hmm. and to get out of situations you hate, mm-hmm. jobs, relationships, roommates, mm-hmm. um, and because you never know when you're just going to get squished. By a Denny sign. By a Denny sign. And don't park under signs. Well, Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes I try to avoid notice. it. I try to avoid under signs. I've never thought of it. If there's anything that could potentially fall and hurt me. I've never had that thought. I do. Well. But then again, that's just me. <laughs> I guess I'll be the one telling my loved ones I love them I think, because I, I will get squished. <laughs> uh, okay. You'll like this. Okay, great. So this is a crash diet. Oh like a diet that yes, was I published. <laughs> I know. We love diets. We, we don't. Um, that you do for three days. Okay. And you can lose up to five pounds. And then gain it back immediately. Yes. This was published by Vogue magazine in 1977. Mm, okay. Yes. I do like this one, but go on. I know. I think I've read I it I think before. you know this one. Yeah. There's a lot of wine involved. Lots of wine. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> Tell me. I love this so much. So, for breakfast. Yeah. One hard-boiled egg. Yes. Gotta get that protein. Mm, yum, yum. One glass of white wine. <laughs> preferably a dry wine. So obviously. And black coffee. Okay. Like. Tick, tick, tick. Perfect. All of all those things. <laughs> For lunch, two hard-boiled eggs sure. is best, but. Cholesterol, who's she? <laughs> you can poach them if you want to. Okay. If you need a little zest. Mix them up, yeah. Two glasses of white wine. <laughs> yes. And black coffee. <laughs> oh, another coffee. Another coffee. Great. For dinner, five ounces of steak grilled with black pepper, lemon juice, and that's it. Five ounces. I feel like that's like... It's like it's teeny, teeny, teeny bitty. Like, a, it's not a quarter pounder. No. I'm familiar with that. Certainly <laughs> it's not. Um, the remainder of the white wine. Yes, the rest of the <laughs> bottle. The rest of the bottle. Um, because you can have one bottle per day. Oh, perfect. Keep the housewives tipsy. Yay. <laughs> And then black coffee. Another coffee before Another. bed. What are you crazy? Just to kind of keep you peppy. I guess. I guess you got to do the man's laundry. You do. You can't be too sloppy. I you had that. a bottle of wine. That's true. <laughs> That's true. You got to have an upper 
with your downer. So what I'm saying <laughs> is I will be trying this out. So what I'm saying back. is I do love diets. Yeah. <laughs> I've been on a diet for years. <laughs> I'm on a diet right now. <laughs> Thank God I didn't say box. I know. That would be that would be too much. That would be a lot. I don't think I could. No. I'd be, I yeah. certainly couldn't. No. I couldn't drink a box and then wake up the next day. That's no. for sure. <laughs> Okay, I also want to talk a little bit about Brian, another Brian Walsh. Okay. Which, this, it seems like you'd know more about this case than me. I told you that, and you didn't know who I was talking about. And then I did. And then you did. Yeah, I had to, like, put two and two together. So, basically, he was accused of fraud a while ago for selling, like, a fake Andy Warhol mm-hmm. or something. Somebody. Um, it wasn't true, whatever yeah. it was. And then his wife goes missing, mm-hmm. and we still haven't found her as far as I know. Mm. They do have his Google searches, which I would like to read to you. Are these the Google searches that were on his son's iPad? I don't know where they were. So I think I, I heard, like, they got his son's iPad, and they had, like, a whole bunch of Google searches on the iPad, and, like, he was the only one that had used the iPad. So, continue. Okay. December 27th, he Googled... What's the best state to divorce for a man? Any of them. (laughs) Current state. Take your pick. (laughs) Uh, Okay, January 1st, Brian and Anna, maybe Anna Walsh, went to bed around... I think it's Anna. Anna. Went to bed around 1 or 1.30 after celebrating New Year's with a friend. So the friend's got eyes on her, Mm -hmm. leaves at 1 or 1.30, they go to bed. Um, then he says she left. Mm-hmm. There's no evidence of that. And then January 1st, still same day, he Googles at 4.58 a.m. how to stop a body from decomposing. Oh. 5.47, 10 ways to dispose of a dead body if you really need to. <laughs> it's a BuzzFeed article. <laughs> 6.25 a.m., how long for someone to be missing to inherit? 6.34 a.m., can you throw away body parts? <laughs> Six, or no, 9.29. What does formaldehyde do? <laughs> 9.34 a.m. How long does DNA last? Ever. Ever. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> 9.59 a.m. Can identification be made on partial remains? The answer is yes. Yes. 11.34 a.m. Dismemberment and best ways to dispose of a body. Again, gets a BuzzFeed article. 11.44 <laughs> a.m. How to clean blood from a wooden floor. 11.56 a.m. Luminol to detect blood. <laughs> 1.08 p.m. What happens when you put body parts in ammonia? January 2nd, Brian Walsh traveled to a Home Depot and paid $450 in cash for supplies, including mops, a bucket, goggles, tarps, a hatchet, and baking soda. He's not baking cookies. <laughs> uh, 12.45 p.m. Hacksaw best tool to dismember. No, it's a period, not a question. <laughs> 1.10 p.m., can you be charged with murder without a body? Yes. 1.14 p.m., can you identify a body with broken teeth? <laughs> I'd love to know the answers. And then finally, January 3rd, 1.02 p.m., what happens to hair on a dead body? 1.13 p.m., what's the rate of decomposition of a body found in a plastic bag compared to on the surface, on a surface in the woods? 1.20 p.m., can baking soda mask or make a body smell good? And we're meant to believe that he did not. No. Like, his wife left, and... You know? He doesn't know what happened to her. Absolutely. He absolutely did something (laughs) 
But what an idiot! An idiot. <coughs> but I have googled some very odd things, like as I'm watching TV, because I'm curious. Sure. Yeah, it's you know. But also, did I tell you about the one time I was ordering something off Amazon? No. So Brian and I share an Amazon account. Sure. Because we're like, we're not going to pay for that would be insane. two Prime memberships. Obviously. We're just going to have one. So I was on it looking for something. And it was like, you know how it gives you like the based on your recent purchases, uh-huh. you'd like Uh-oh. these things. <laughs> it was rope, mm-hmm. tarp, mm-hmm. and like a hatchet. Perfect. I was like, what are you like, buying? Wait a, wait a second. <laughs> I'm like, Brian, <laughs> what you doing? <laughs> yeah. What were his Google searches like? Though, I, don't, I don't even want to know Brian's Google searches. And also, you're he not missing. Google's very strange things. <laughs> He's up late at night. I don't know what he does. <laughs> He's just, it's, it's, it's safer that we all don't know. Uh, yeah, probably But I'm not so. missing, so things are fine. Things are fine as of Friday. <laughs> as of Friday. <laughs> The 27th. Um, I have one more that I Tell me. actually find hilarious. Um, so there is a neighborhood in Coon Rapids, Minnesota. You know it's good when it's, it's called Coon Rapids. And, and residents are currently living in fear. <sighs> because They're of terrified. A Not because of a raccoon. Okay. Because of a turkey. Oh, turkeys are scary. A turkey you know I is don't like terrorizing birds. the neighborhood. <laughs> You know I don't like birds. People can't leave their houses <laughs> because of this turkey. Shoot it. I mean, you know, it's Thanksgiving dinner walking around. Yeah. But yeah. They cannot leave their house because of this turkey. Why? What's it doing? Terrorizing? I just read the name. What did it say? It's just terrorizing the house. Um, people are living in fear of getting chased, pecked. And followed by the third. Oh, that's where I draw the line. Named Gladys. Gladys! (laughs) Gladys is a terror. Gladys Gladys must be stopped. Gladys must be stopped. (laughs) Come together as a community and eat Gladys for dinner. Thanksgiving 2023. Gladys. Well, that's a long time to be terrorized. Well, I mean, you can freeze turkey. Sure. Sure, 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 sure. I think most people do. I mean, maybe someone in the neighborhood had Gladys, Gladys's mm, husband for Thanksgiving. Copied. And now she's oh, sure. very it's upset. It's revenge time. It's revenge time. Yeah. Revenge of the turkeys. I feel like I've seen a turkey walking around with a knife in its mouth. <laughs> Typical turkeys. That's I mean, classic. They're very revengeful. <laughs> yeah. All they do is seek revenge. Always. <laughs> 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 yes. That's what they mean when they gobble. It's just, it, they're just saying revenge. Like revenge. Yeah. Prepare to die. So that's Gladys. Well, Gladys. Um, I don't know if I she's still terrorizing, but when I uh, saved that on my Twitter back on a day ago, mm-hmm. she was terrorizing. She's probably still out there. Probably is. Oh, and then they uh, a Korean fisherman found a 32-legged octopus in the ocean. That's not an octopus. It's too many legs. It's a 32-gapus. <laughs> 32-gapus. <laughs> it's just... Why was he exposed to radio? Ooh, I don't like that. No. I don't 
I don't like that. Nope. That looks like the monster from Stranger Things with all of his little... It's not great. I don't like that. I'm nope. not comfortable with that. I will have nightmares. <laughs> Welcome to my world. I don't like that. No. It, it, no. He's... Why is it like that? I don't know. Did its mom sleep with his cousin? With a sea urchin? That's <laughs> <laughs> more likely. And a cousin. <laughs> Octopi are supposed to be smart. Yeah, I think so. But that's 32 legs. That's too many legs. That's far too many. That's legs. a lot of legs. I didn't like that picture. Nope. Well, you're welcome. I know it's not an octopus, but a squid. When I was in New Zealand, they have a giant squid in the um, museum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, just standing there, and this tour group came around. So I was like, well, I'm definitely going to listen to the facts this man has. Yeah. And he said that. Take a they, tour for free. <laughs> yeah. I'm not paying for this. Their stomach circles around their either heart or brain. Mm. It must be their heart. Because if they eat too much, they'll kill themselves. <laughs> because it's like a, a donut around. So squids are not smart. <laughs> I mean, it was a very dead squid. <laughs> Very it was encased. Oh, good. I don't know something. <laughs> but like, what a design flaw! That is a terrible design. <laughs> you who <laughs> get that messed yeah. up with the squid? Oh, that's what we got an oopsie poop. That's an oopsie. That's why there's not very many of them. It's probably the last animal made. <laughs> it's like just put it together. It's fine. Put some ink in it. Who cares anymore? Sure. <laughs> I've made a trillion species. Um, I am tired. <laughs> Is it the seventh day yet? For goodness sake. <laughs> I need a nap. <sighs> even even the Lord needs us rest. I mean, amen. <laughs> I felt that was the only proper appropriate way to end that. I don't know how to do that. I'm not Catholic. Okay. Justice. <laughs> well, let's talk about some it's justice. It's the last day of Justice January, it's the last everybody. Day. Justice. 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 And I did pull something together. Like, good job. Absolute last minute. <laughs> I mean, I finished this like four minutes before I texted you. If we're still doing the pod today, I was. And you're like, my, I'm finishing. My I'm notes. like, I'm doing it right now. <laughs> I definitely um did put off some work I should have done at work to finish. It. It's fine. Well, I'll go. Okay. Um, for the final day. Final day of Justice January. Mm-hmm. I'm going to talk about a specific justice. Yes, you are. A Supreme Court justice, Madam Ruth Bader Ginsburg. The notorious RBG. RBG. I always want to call her Ruth Gator Ginsburg. <laughs> That's not right. Ruth Gator Ginsburg. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, first off, almost all of this is from a New York Times a New York Times article, and that I just stole from. So. God bless. Read it. It will be exactly the same. Okay. Joan Ruth Bader was born March 15th. Wait. Her first name isn't even Ruth? It's not. What? March 15th. Hey. 1933. In Brooklyn, New York. Brooklyn. I know a couple people from Brooklyn. They're good people. (laughs) Great. God bless him. Yeah. Ruth's father, Nathan, emigrated from Russia with his family when he was just 13. And her mother, Celia, was native to New York. Um, but her parents had moved four months, uh, like four months before she was born. They came from Poland. Mm-hmm. 
So she's almost an immigrant as well. Um, Ruth's nickname was Kiki when she grew up in the Brooklyn Flatbush neighborhood. Okay. You familiar? Uh, Maybe. (laughs) My stepmom's from Brooklyn, so that's Uh, why. Oh, she would. She's from Brooklyn. I love Karen. Born in Brooklyn, raised on Long Island. Long Island. Long Island. You gotta say it like it's one word. Mm-hmm. Okay, Ruth had a sister uh, who died when the sister was six, but Ruth was only fourteen year old. Four, no, fourteen months old. Oh, she died from meningitis. Um, the family owned a small business that sold like furs and hats. Ooh, it said he was a furrer. A furrier. A furrier. Not to be confused with it. A furrier. A furrier. <laughs> It's a furrier, not a furrier. I was like, now wait a second. I had to look it up to make sure it was okay. Um, uh, I mean, they were never rich, but it sounds like they were fine. They had a little shop. Um, Education was prioritized in the family. Celia, Ruth's mom, had graduated from high school at the age of 15, but she was never able to go to uh, college. She was sent to Manhattan's garment district so that her brother could attend Cornell. University. Mm. Boo. Well, I think Ruth does just fine. Yeah. I mean, but sad for Celia. Mm-hmm. So she had high hopes for Ruth and encouraged her to be highly educated. Um, but unfortunately, she wouldn't see Ruth's huge accomplishments <gasps> because she had cervical cancer, um, which they found when Ruth was a freshman. And she died the day before Ruth graduated. <laughs> which is so tragic. <laughs> After the graduation ceremony that Ruth obviously didn't attend, her teachers brought her lots of medals and awards that she had won because she was so good at school. Ruth. I know. Isn't that so sad? Kiki! Kiki! No, I also read that she went by Ruth because um, there were so many Jones in her class. I mean, that makes sense. She was like, I'll just go by Ruth. As an Alex? Yeah. I can relate. There's so many Alex. Very tempted to change my name numerous times. (laughs) To Ray. I thought about it, but then I was like, no. You're an Alex. Yeah. Okay. Um, so Ruth attended Cornell on a scholarship. Uh, when she was a freshman, she met a sophomore named Martin Ginsburg. Oh, Marty. She said later that, quote, he was the only boy I ever met who cared that I had a brain. Oh. I know. Ruth. She was 17. Like, I'm 35. Where? Wait, yeah, where? <laughs> Where's your Marty? How dare you meet someone <laughs> immediately? Uh, but to be fair, I also didn't go to Cornell. So, that, you know. Um, by her junior year, his senior year, they were engaged. And they married right after she graduated in 1954. Um, they kind of seemed like opposites. Like she was very reserved, chose her words wisely. Um, and sometimes she would pause so long between sentences, choosing her words that people she was talking to kind of got uncomfortable <laughs> Martin, on the other hand, was quick-witted and a fast talker, but for somehow, they just worked. Um, they had a lifelong partnership, both romantic and intellectual. Oh. Um, Martin had been in the ROTC during college, so after graduation, they moved to Fort Sill, which mm-hmm. is in Oklahoma, allegedly. Um Ruth is like, that's perfect. I'll get a government job there. And so she applies for a job at the Social Security office. And was offered a position as a claims examiner at the civil service rank of GS-5. Whatever that means. Yeah. Um, But then they found out that Ruth was pregnant with their first daughter, Jane. And they were like, 
Never mind. <laughs> JK. Women can't do things, especially pregnant ones. So they withdrew the offer, and Ruth had to take a clerk typist job at the rank of GS2. Oh. Which is why I mentioned the GS1. Which I assume is a slap in the face. But she does okay. Means. She ends up she, she ends up fine. That's what I have to keep telling myself. <laughs> uh, for the time being, Ruth accepts um, that this is just the way things were. But years later, Ruth made it her life's work to challenge the web of assumptions and the assignment of roles that limited women's opportunities. God bless you, Ruth. God bless. Ruth and Martin began attending Harvard Law School. Ruth was one of nine women and 500 men in her class. Um, during her first year, the dean, Erwin Griswold. Related to Clark. And just a great villain name. Yeah. He invited all nine women uh, in the class to dinner. Oh, which just doesn't sound... Oh, nice. I, uh... He interrogated each one and asked why she felt entitled to be in the class. Excuse taking me? The, taking the place of a man. See, I had my... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, when I called him a villain, yeah. I was kind of a giveaway. Well, also, I was a little, like, invited them to dinner, and I was like, oh, that can't end well. He's either going to sexually assault them. Yeah. Or, <laughs> uh, okay, so, but, and so he, like, asked everyone, and Ruth said that she was like, my husband's attending, and I just want to understand his work. Smart answer. Great answer. Probably not true, but not great answer. Not true at all, but, I mean, what's she going to say? Yeah. F off? Yeah. Um, well, during Martin's third year there at Harvard, he was diagnosed with an aggressive testicular cancer. Oh, cancer. Marty. I know. The prognosis was poor and the treatment was radiation. Um, so awful, obviously. And he was barely ever able to attend class. Um, his classmates would try and give their notes to him. You know, like everyone felt horrible for him, obviously. So they're trying to help him out. Mm-hmm. Ruth is also going to school. Um, she has a baby daughter at this point mm-hmm. and a super sick husband she has to care for. Oh, no. So what does she do? Keeps going to school. She does all her homework, oh, takes care of her baby and her sick husband. She types up all of his notes, <gasps> helps him study, and let's be honest, probably wrote most of his papers Probably. For him. And she served on the editorial staff of the Harvard Law Review and was the first woman ever to do so. She's Superwoman. Take that, Erwin Griswold. Yeah, Erwin. Yeah, Jag. Um, but he actually ended up recovering in time to graduate. Um, a hundo P because of Ruth, though. Absolutely. Uh, and let's remember, he's a year ahead of Ruth in school. So mm. he graduates and he gets a job in New York. Mm-hmm. So Ruth is like, well, can I just spend my final year at Columbia, but still like technically graduate from Harvard? Graduate from Harvard. And probably Irwin. He's like, mm, no, you can't. Typical Irwin response. So she spends her final year at Columbia and receives a degree from there. And she's, of course, co-valedictorian. Of course. And in 1972, um, some years later, she would become the first woman to receive tenure on the Columbia Law Faculty. She's just an inspiration. Also, Harvard came back with their, like, tail between their legs yeah. and gave Ruth an honorary degree in 2011. She's like, thanks, I'm 80. I'd screw you. Pick Irwin in the... Irving, <laughs> Irwin, whatever, yeah, whatever the heck his name is. Griswold. Not Clark Griswold. <sighs> Griswold family vacation was terrible. It was awful. <laughs> uh, okay, Give so... Give him a Jelly of the Month club membership. <laughs> 
So remember how Martin got a job right away? Yeah. Well, Ruth didn't. No. Oh. She re- received zero job offers. Remember, she was valedictorian. She was a smart pants. she was smarter than all the boys. Yeah. Zero job offers. Um, so she spent two years clerking for a federal district judge, Edmund... Palmieri. Mm. Edmund only accepted Ruth as his clerk when one of her mentors, Professor Gerald Gunther, Gunther threatened Edmund Uh-oh. and said that he'd never said uh, send the judge another law clerk if he didn't hire Ruth. So he does. He's like, okay, fine. <laughs> fine, God. So in 1959, um, she starts doing that. I can't imagine he was like a fun guy to work for. I, I bet he was terrible. So after two years, she dips and goes to Columbia to work on a comparative law project on civil procedure. Mm-hmm. So basically for the project, she, she had to learn Swedish and go spend time in Sweden. Mm, love a Swede. Uh, in Sweden at this time, this is 1962, <clears throat> basically blew her mind and changed what she thought of society and women in the workplace. Sweden's I mean, ahead of it. Yeah. The, this is the 60s. Always has been. And... It was apparently flourish. Uh, feminism was apparently flourishing in Sweden at the time. Um, women had children and careers, and that wasn't a big deal. Um, like, you weren't locked down. Like, sorry, you're fired. You Scandinavian countries, they are ahead of the curve. That's crazy. Ruth read a magazine while she was there that said, quote, We ought to stop harping on the concept of women's two roles. Both men and women have one principal role, that of being people. <laughs> <laughs> right? I want that right. tattooed on my body. I want that on a plaque. Forget <laughs> yeah, live, laugh, better. love. <laughs> uh, she saw a female ju- judge presiding over a trial while she was there. Um, not only was she female, but she was seven months pregnant. And in the school, there was at least 25% of the students were women. Quote, my eyes were opened up, Bruce said of the experience. Um, so between 1963, when she got back from Sweden, and 1970, Ruth produced a ton of work um, about the Swedish civil law, which remains the leading like work in the field mm-hmm. today. But she still couldn't get hired. <laughs> um, Come on now. It said she couldn't get hired at prestigious law schools like mm. Columbia or New York University. So she went, um, she took a teaching job as a professor of law at Rutgers Law School. Okay. Which, like, if I've heard of it, it can't be that bad. Yeah. Right? It's not like a podunk No, it's, it's not like, you know. <laughs> That's what the article made it sound like, but I'm sure it's not. It's fine, yeah. Maybe it was then, I don't know. Um, in 1970, she was asked to introduce and moderate a law student panel discussion on the topic of women's liberation, and she published law review articles on the subject and taught subjects on gender discrimination. Um, For part of her work at Rutgers, she partnered with the American Civil Liberties Union, the ACLU, to draft briefs in two federal cases. One of these cases on discrimination was Reed versus Reed, which was an a state administrator case that became her first Supreme Court victory. Basically, this case invalidated an Idaho law that required the selection of a man over a woman to serve as an administrator of an estate even when they're both equally qualified. Just because he a man. Idaho. <laughs> yeah, I'm not surprised Classic by that. Classic Idaho. <laughs> um, but Ruth understood that you couldn't untie only half the knot. Like, mm-hmm. she had to redefine men's rights as well mm-hmm. in order for there to be a chance 
for women. Yeah. Um, and you kind of got to make the man think it's his idea. You, yeah, you really do. <laughs> she carefully selected cases that she could persuade the all-male Supreme Court to start recognizing the constitutional barrier against discrimination on the basis of sex. In 1973, Fonterero, probably, versus Richardson, was a case challenging a military regulation that denied husbands of women in the military benefits, which the wives of male soldiers got. Because it was the assumption that the men was, didn't need his wife's income. He was probably the breadwinner. He was mm. going to be fine. Um, and then in 1975, Weinberger vs. Wiesenfield oh. challenged a social structure. Yes, that case. Mm-hmm. You know it. Quite familiar. It challenged a social structure security provision that assumed that wives were secondary breadwinners whose incomes were unimportant, kind of the same idea, to the family and therefore deprived widowers of survivor benefits. Mm. So in this specific case, Stephen Weisenfield's wife had died in childbirth, and he sought the benefits so that he could stay at home and raise his child, Jason. Mm-hmm. Um, he was getting nothing, basically. Yeah. But Ruth won the case for Stephen. Yay. Yay. And kept in touch with Stephen and Jason. Um, in 2014, Ruth was the officiant at Jason's wedding. Yeah. And 42 years after the mother's death, Ruth presided over her one-time client's second marriage. It's oh. too beautiful. No, no, no. But it's like, she's like, hey, men need rights too, yeah. see? Yeah. Um, the ACLU created a women's rights project and hired Ruth as its first director in 1972. And her goal was to like, low-key show the Supreme Court that discrimination on the basis of sex Mm -hmm. was a harm of constitutional dimension. Yes. She authorized dozens of law review articles and drafted or contributed to many Supreme Court briefs on the issue of gender discrimination. Um, During the decade, she argued before the Supreme Court six times, and she won five of them. Way to go, Ruth! Get it, girl! Get it, Ruth! In 1980, President Jimmy Carter appointed Ruth to the U.S. Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia Circuit in Washington, D.C. On June 14, 1993, President Bill Clinton announces his nomination of Ruth to the Supreme Court to replace Justice Byron White, who was retiring. Good job, Bill. Good job, Bill. Um, And... When Judge Ruth stood with Mr. Clinton in a rose garden for the announcement of her Supreme Court nomination, she brought tears to the president's eyes with a tribute to her mother. No. I pray that I'm, quote, I pray that I may be all that she would have been had she lived in an age when women could aspire and achieve, and daughters are cherished as much as sons, (laughs) she said. Um, She was endorsed unanimously by the Senate Judiciary Committee mm-hmm. and confirmed by the full Senate on August 3rd. The vote was 96 to 3. And Who she are was, those three? Uh, it's listed it, but I didn't write it. Oh, down. well, I'll find out later. She was the second ever female justice on the Supreme Court. Yay! Ever! Ever! In the 90s. Way to go. And now our Supreme Court's like what? There's four a, women? Three, uh, four there's women? There's at least a few on there. Yeah. I mean, they're not doing great things right now, but you know what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
on this side of the bench, Ruth's goal was to persuade the Supreme Court that the 14th Amendment's guarantee of equal protection applied not only to racial discrimination, but to sex discrimination as well. Um, and she realized, God bless her, mm-hmm. that perhaps they weren't coming from a hostile viewpoint, but just an uncomprehending, uneducated one. Way to go. Well, I think outside the box if you don't have to. Mm-hmm. Um, she said, quote, the justices did not comprehend the differential treatment of men and women in jury selection and other legal contexts as in any sense burdensome for women. Mm. They're like, they're fine. <laughs> they're fine. <laughs> Um, basically, like, she's They're thought, having their bottle of wine a day. <laughs> <I know. laughs> uh, she basically said that, like, they thought, well, I treat my wife and daughters well. Like, they're fine. Yeah. And so, like, she was trying to turn it in a direction where the, the court first had to gain an understanding that legislation, apparently, um, that was, like designed to benefit or protect women could have the opposite effect, really. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and it seemed that she was kind of chipping away at their thick skulls when in 1996, the court voted 7-1 to one that an all-male admissions policy of a state-supported military college was unconstitutional. Yay! Yay! Um, the schools in Virginia. Virginia had argued that it's adversative method of educating young men to be citizen soldiers through a physically challenging curriculum was unsuited for young women. Oh, baloney. Uh, Ruth explained that I the state people. had failed to provide an exceedingly persuasive justification. <laughs> She's <laughs> like, that's not enough. Yeah, okay. Uh, she said, quote, generalizations about the way women are estimates of what is appropriate for most women no longer justify denying opportunities for women whose talent and capacity place them outside the average description. Like, F you. Women yeah. can do things, too. Mm-hmm. We're capable. Thank you. In August 2018, Ruth revisited that Virginia Military Institute, and um, there it included nearly 200 women. <gasps> Yay! Good job, Ruthie. Here you go, Ruth. Uh, 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 um, she, okay. I was going to kind of skip over this, but I'm not going to, cause it's important. She did feel some type of way about Roe v. Wade. Um, she wasn't necessarily all the way for it because she thought this would just make the issue more polarizing rather than she less. Knew. She knew. She was so right. She was so right. <laughs> she thought that if the court should have issued more limited decision, um, it would have left more room for the state legislature to discuss the specific details, and she claimed that it might have served to reduce rather than fuel controversy. <laughs> she said, quote, this is something central to a woman's life, to her dignity. It's a deci- decision that she must make for herself, and when government controls that decision for her, she's being treated as less than fully adult human responsible for her own choices. Yes, Ruth. Yes, Queen. Yes, Ruth. And this one made me really mad. Oh, no. <laughs> Which is why I wanted to skip over it, because I'm just so enraged. In Gonzalez versus Carhartt, the court, by a five to four vote, upheld a federal law criminalizing a particular procedure that doctors use infrequently to terminate pregnancies during the second trimester. Mm-hmm. 
Justice Kennedy said that the law was justified in part to protect women from the regret they would feel after undergoing the procedure. I don't like that. (laughs) Ruth and every other woman Mm -hmm. objected to this. The notion that women regret their abortions, for which the court, um, like, has no reliable evidence. No. The majority's way of thinking reflects ancient notions about women's place in the family and under the Constitution. Ideas have long since been discredited. Like, how dare you tell me what I'm going to feel? Yeah. Don't tell me my feelings. Don't tell me how to feel. That makes me so mad. It's just, yeah. I hate it when people try to tell me how to feel. Yeah. It's like, don't tell me how I'm supposed to feel in this moment. I will feel how I feel when I feel it. And you will feel me slapping your face. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Then in 2006, she was outraged again because the court voted five to four again in the case of Ledbetter versus Goodyear Tire and Rubber Company. Ooh, tires. To reject a woman's pay discrimination claim. Mm. They said she didn't do it fast enough. Uh, Like, you don't get paid on speed. You paid by hours. No, no. She didn't complain soon enough. Oh. Yeah. So, um, also, like, at what point, you're new to a workplace, at what point is it appropriate for you to, like... Start complaining. Well, ask your <laughs> your male coworker, like, how much are you making an hour? Like, first of all, why would she even have to think that? Yeah. And second of all, it's 180 days is when she had to do it. Which is not no appropriate. Mm-mm. Anyways, Ruth argued... Oh, and so she didn't get it because she took too long. So Ruth argued that it should be 180 days since she finds out about it that she has to make the complaint. Yep. Ruth called out Congress publicly, and she said, basically, the ball's in your court. Um, what might have been seen as a technical dispute over a statute of limitations became a very public call to arms. And it worked Mm -hmm. on january 29 2009 the lily ledbetter fair pay act was the first bill that mr obama signed into law i didn't know that um ruth pointed out and no ruth's pointed and powerful dissenting opinions attracted growth growing attention as the court turned further to the right a law student shanna Nailed it. Appointed her the Notorious RBG. Yeah. A play, of course, on the name Notorious B.I.G., who was also from Brooklyn. Hey. Soon the name and Ruth's image, um, her expression serene yet severe, a frilly lace collar adorning her black robes. Loved her doily. Her eyes framed by her giant glasses. (laughs) And then in this, um, depiction notorious RBG. She also had a crown perched at an angle. Yeah, she should. On her head. And it became an internet sensation. I remember. Mm-hmm. People were going for her as Halloween. You can't spell truth without Ruth. Appeared on bumper stickers and T-shirts. Love it. Uh, and there's jewelry made to look like her collars. Right after Trump was elected, um, of Ruth, the Atlantic wrote. Quote, today, more than ever, women starved for models of female influence, authenticity, dignity, and voice hold up an octagarian, which means she's in her 80s, mm. justice as the embodiment of hope for an empowered future. 
Yes. Playing along uh, with her crowd, she took to switching decorative collars and she wore, um, she would wear like a specific one when she was going to like basically tell everybody they were wrong. <laughs> she was going to announce her descent and she even wore her dissenting collar, um, which I guess it looked like a piece of medieval armor. I'm not mm. sure which one it was, but on the day after of uh, Trump's election. <laughs> Ruth, in her ninth decade of life, became a much younger generation's unlikely cultural icon. Um, And just so you can cry for a thousand years, remember Martin, her husband. Mm -hmm. Their 56-year marriage ended with his death from cancer in 2010 at the age of 78. In his final days, he left a note, handwritten on a yellow pad for his wife to find by his bedside. (laughs) Quote, my dearest Ruth. You are the only person I have loved in my life, setting aside a bit, parents and kids and their kids. Mm -hmm. And I have admired and loved you almost since the day we first met at Cornell. What a treat it has been to watch you progress to the very top of the legal world. (laughs) (laughs) And of course it was on a legal pad. (laughs) Of course it was. Oh, Marty! Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the notorious RBG, died on September 20th. 2020. (laughs) Of the age of 87 from complications of metastatic pancreatic cancer. She was survived by her two children, Jane, who's now a professor at Columbia Law School. And James, who went to law school, but now he's a record label executive. Oh, hey. uh, Who founded Sidio Records? I have no idea. Uh, Her grandkids from Jane, Paul, and Clara. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it right this now. That's the entire reason I'm including this part. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's all and Clara. Can you imagine? Uh, the power that those two hold. <sighs> and great granddaughter um, from Paul. I can't say her name. Or no. else I'd say it. Okay. Clara studied at Harvard. And of course, is a lawyer in New York. Um, from James... Uh, grandkids Miranda and Abigail, who had no follow-up facts. <laughs> Anyways, I just no really wanted facts. to brag that I was included somehow. <laughs> so, sorry that was long, but she's just so accomplished and amazing. She's just... And that is Ruth Gator Binsberg. <laughs> That's the alligator version of... Yes. All I imagine is like an alligator with like the collar yes. and the glasses. Oh my god, cute. Ruth Gator Binsberg. <laughs> Next to a trash can. Like the bin. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> I love it. Oh, oh she's so amazing. Then there's the movies and stuff about her. Go watch them. Yeah, isn't there like a Netflix thing? There's one that actually Paul helped produce um, on the basis of sex. Oh, yeah. And then there's one like Hollywood movie. Who I, I can't remember what it is. Maybe mm. it's on the basis of sex, actually. Mm. It has one of the girls from... Or one of the women from Downton Abbey in it. Oh, uh, sure. okay. It might be on the basis of sex. Anyways, no. uh, look it up yourself. Yeah, Google it. <laughs> All right. I am talking about not what I told you I was going to talk about. This is the second time I've done this where I'm like, I'm not talking about what I told you I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about Vanessa Guillen. Do you know who she I is? I know. Okay. So... This this is like learning. half from my memory and Uh-oh. half from, I know we're, we're doing so nobody write your college paper on this please don't 
Um, if you want true facts, watch the Netflix documentary, Documentary I Am Vanessa Guillen. It's very good. Okay. So, Vanessa, she was from Houston, Texas. Okay. Um, born there on September 30th, 1999. Ooh, um, baby. Who, with parents who were from Mexico. Okay. Rogelio and Gloria. Cute. Um, she had five siblings and she attended um, and graduated from Cesar E. Chavez High School in 2018 in the top 15% of her class. Oh my goodness. Smart um, She played soccer, loved to jog, enjoyed sports and learning. And everyone was like, well, Vanessa, where are you going to college? Where are you going to college? Yeah. You know how the normal conversations go about. Yeah. It's like your junior year of college. Or people Ugh, are, so stressful. And she was top 15% of her class. Yeah. So Get a scholarship she could somewhere. go anywhere. Yeah. She had her heart set on going into the Army. Interesting. She was like, no, I'm, I'm going into the Army. Okay. I'm going to put off college. You know, once I get, you know, the GI Bill and everything. Yeah. I'll do that later. I want to go into the Army. Like, that was her goal. 2018, okay. So, she did it. Good job. So, she joined the Army in June 2018 and trained as a small arms and artillery repairer. She's a little T-Rex. A little small. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, she ended up being stationed at Fort Hood, which is a U.S. Mm. Army installation in Bell County, Texas. Mm-hmm. It's about 340 square miles um, and is home to Ill Corps and the 1st Cavalry Division. Sure. So she was working, do small arms, um, all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. She had a boyfriend who was not in the military. Okay. But she texted him all the time and whatnot. Yep. And she actually had said to her family and her boyfriend that she was being sexually harassed by mm. a then unnamed Fort Hood sergeant. Okay. Um, That's not good. And other complaints, females, other female soldiers had made complaints about this same sergeant. Okay. But were dismissed and didn't go anywhere. Yeah. Um, Gloria was like, report it, you know, do something. And she was like, no, I can put a stop to it myself. Don't worry. I don't want to cause any, any issues or whatever. You know, I don't, I don't want to worry about it. Uh, on April 22nd, 2020, Vanessa reported to her job at the artillery. Mm-hmm. And that was the last time she was seen. Don't like that. Um, she was seen in the parking lot of her unit. Um, and her car keys, identification card, bank card, and barracks key were found inside the armory where she worked. So she was definitely in there. She was definitely in there. She left and all of her and things. She's still in there is my question. Oh. Hold that thought. Um, so in... And then nothing happened. It was quiet. Did anyone report her missing? Mm-hmm. Family reported her Family. missing, like, everything. Um, Gloria um, had actually told reporters that she did not trust the Army's handling of the investigation yeah. and believed that her family was being kept in the dark because of very few details were being released about her disappearance. Because mm-hmm. it's whole different. They don't have to follow mm-hmm. the same rules yeah there was nothing being said about her disappearance they weren't being kept Yikes. up on anything they were just being told like we're we're looking at it we're looking at it we're looking at it we're looking sure, at sure, it sure 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 um so on june 13th 2020 hundreds of people assembled at the gates of fort hood to protest what organizers i what organizers felt was a lack of information on the case um they 
reported so the military um detective group or whatever that's like in charge of um detecting detecting and things (laughs) um so they found no evidence that um she was assaulted um but investigators believe foul play was involved in her disappearance Hmm. so on june 30th yeah obviously yeah obviously something was wrong (laughs) um so on june 30th 2020 army investigators were called in when contractors discovered partial human remains along the leon river in belton texas um, the area had already been searched by Texas Rangers and detectives mm. and cadaver dogs Uh-oh. like 10 days earlier Ooh. after a burn mound was discovered nearby. Oh um, investigators okay. theorized that the remains had previously been buried under concrete, had been dug up by wildlife. Um, and one what of the, the directors of a company called Texas EquiSearch stated it was the most sophisticated burial site he had ever seen. Hmm. So what happened? We gotta get to Vanessa. <laughs> so later that evening, the authorities re-interviewed someone named Cecily Ann Aguilar. Is that a? She's a. It's a woman. It's a woman. Name. Yeah. Okay. Um, and she was the wife, estranged wife of a soldier at Fort Uh-oh. Hood. Okay. Um, and was reported to be the girlfriend of another soldier Ruh-roh. named. Aaron David Robinson. Oh, he's got three names. Bad sign. Sure does. Um, and he was one of the last known people to see Vanessa <sighs> on the day she disappeared. And he had been interviewed by investigators. Huh. And had given up his phone records, had, like, everything. Weird. Um, did he work in the armory? He did work in the armory with Vanessa. Interesting. So, Cecily had told police that Aaron had confess that he had killed a female soldier at Fort Hood. <laughs> I'm sorry, babe. You're just coming forward now? Yeah. And she'd already been interviewed. And she knew before? She knew before. Ugh. I mean, she's um, coming forward now. Let's give her that. Well, she's not coming forward. They're back at her, back at her oh. door being like, yeah, no, we need to talk a little Did more. Did you want to rethink your Did answer? Let's chat a little bit. Okay. A little bit more about this. All right. I, no credit to her then. Um, so at the request of law enforcement, Cecily placed a controlled telephone call to Aaron. Like so a, basically, it's being recorded? Yeah. Okay. Investigators are like, we need you to call him and we need you and to say these And we're going to stand here when you do it. Um. And she had said, baby, they found pieces and texted him multiple news articles to which he never denied anything in response. Um, According to a criminal complaint that was filed in Western in the Western District Court of Texas, Cecily allegedly helped Aaron dismember and dispose of Vanessa's body on April 22nd, 2020, after Aaron told her that he had bludgeoned Vanessa to death with a hammer inside the armory. As the girlfriend, you're like, cool, 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 and you just moonwalk out of the room. Like, what? How? What? Yeah. I have a lot of questions for her specifically. This is kind of like a, you know, kind of half love gone wrong. Ooh, justice. It's a transition story. I like it. Okay. I mean, it's horrifying. Um, so on the evening of June 30th, so right after he got the call or the text, it was like, hey, they found things. Like, what are you going to do? Um, the 
he was at Fort Hood. So Fort Hood soldiers kind of like took him and been like, hey, we're going to just guard your unit so you don't mm. leave. Mm-hmm. Um, because now you're under more stricter investigation. Stricter. <laughs> uh, so Aaron escaped the custody of an, unnamed, of an unarmed guard from his unit and fled Fort Hood after hearing that her remains had been, that remains had been found. Yeah, uh, who's the, what is that guard doing? You think in the military they Arm have the guards. <laughs> um, and we mean like guns, not like he had arms, like physical arms. Well, Maybe he know. didn't. Maybe he didn't. We don't know. Um, so he had been detained by his unit at the request. <laughs> That's what they mean by unarmed. He's got pistols. He's got he pistols. doesn't have any arms. No arms. <laughs> Can't do it. <laughs> Um, so he had been detained under the pretense that he violated COVID-19 quarantine rules. <laughs> also, you killed a woman. Yeah. <laughs> like, can't they well, say that's, that? that's how they were able to like say, hey, no, we're going to, we're going to keep you under uh, surveillance uh, uh, because you violated COVID quarantine. Not because COVID you're quarantine. suspicious. Not because you're Got suspicious. It. Okay. Um, in the early hours of July 1st, um, Colleen, Texas police located and attempted to make contact with Aaron, who produced a handgun and killed himself before <laughs> he could be taken into custody. What? I wasn't expecting that. That sucks. Yeah. Goodbye. Uh, his girlfriend, Who's though. Who's the justice, Alex? We're getting there. Uh, his girlfriend <laughs> was arrested by Texas Rangers and Great. held at Bell County Jail on July 2nd, um... The officials stated that she would be transferred to federal custody due to being charged with one count of conspiracy to tamper with evidence. A few weeks later, she was indicted on 11 11 counts related to the death of Vanessa Guillen by a federal grand jury. Hmm. Um, U.S. U.S. Secretary of the Army Ryan D. McCarthy announced in a Pentagon press briefing that 14 senior officers from core to squad levels were disciplined for leadership failures. Uh, The investigation found there was a permissive environment for sexual assault and sexual harassment at Fort Hood. Hmm. Apparently, from what I remember from the documentary, everyone knew Fort Hood was a problem as far as, like, men, male soldiers (laughs) getting away with anything and sexual assault and sexual harassment being swept under the rug. Hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, boys will be boys. Oh... It's a locker room talk. And on November 29th, Cecily pled guilt pled guilty in a federal court in Waco, Texas, to one count of accessory to murder after the fact and three counts of making a false statement, according to the U.S. Attorney's Office. She faces up to 30 years in prison and a $1 million fine. Um, sentencing has not yet taken place, but oh. they're, she's still being held in jail. That's fine. But here's where the justice comes Oh, thank God. In. So... This all happened to Vanessa. Horrible. It was awful. It was terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, on January 26, 2022, President Joseph Biden signed an executive order that established sexual harassment as a specific offense under the Uniform Code of Military Justice. Oh, I'm horrified that it wasn't. It wasn't until 2022. That was one year ago. That was one year ago that it is now a offense under the military code of justice (sighs) so even though it didn't help vanessa Mm -hmm. it opens doors and helps future female soldiers Mm -hmm. be able to report sexual harassment sexual assault and have it be dealt with in a serious manner yeah i i will never get over that it happened one year ago yeah women have been in the military forever yeah 
For a long time, at least. Wow. So that is the story of Vanessa Guillen and the how basically now sexual assault is a crime in the military. <laughs> Good job. That's horrible. I'm speechless. But I recommend honest. watching the um, I Am Vanessa Guillen on... How do you spell Guillen? G-I-E-N-G-U. Uh, whatever. G U I L L E N. Oh, see, I would have never got there. Yeah, that's why. I and, asked. This, and it kind of so it was happening in 2020 when it was like everything COVID all yeah. the time, like April 2020. Yeah. So there wasn't a lot of news coverage on it because everyone was so right. focused on COVID. Interesting. Um, that it was kind of like not front and center. But I yeah. rem- I remember hearing about it, and then I saw the documentary, and it was. Really good. Fascinating. Yeah. Good job. Thank you. Hated it. Loved it at mm-hmm. the same time. I didn't do on this day, so. Oh, I did. It's all you. Okay. Um, January 31st. End of the month. Last day of the month. Last right? day of the month. Because there's no months that have 32 days. <laughs> Not that I'm aware of. <laughs> uh, January. And then we just have to get through February. And then it's almost spring. We're so close, you guys. And it's almost my birthday. Almost did you day. notice that the sun did not set until like after it's 520 five? and it's still light outside and i can see mm-hmm. to the end of my driveway yep sure no, can. i can see my neighbor's house across the cul-de-sac <laughs> she fancy she lives in a cul-de-sac well it's a dead end <laughs> <laughs> it's a cul-de-sac it's a dead end that has a little circle shape at the end okay 1747 the first venereal disease clinic opened. Oh, good! At London Lock Hospital in London. Oh, well! Good luck. God bless. 1747. When did they even sail the ocean blue? Not that 1492? That's when Columbus sailed the ocean blue. Oh, that was well before. That was it? well before, you know. <laughs> venereal diseases were a problem then, too. <laughs> they just didn't have a clinic yeah, for it. They just didn't know what to do. In 1849... And I have no other information on this. Oh. Corn law is abolished in Britain. I'm sorry. Corn? Corn. There's a law on corn. Corn laws. Corn laws. It's okay. Like, um, do you watch It's Always Sunny? I've watched a few episodes. But... Oh, well, one of them like, thinks that he knows bird law really well, but he doesn't. <laughs> Why he do I have a feeling it's Charlie? Yeah, of course it is. <laughs> bird law. No, corn law is corn abolished. Law. Oh, well. In 1849. Screw you, corn. You don't need any laws. <laughs> you don't have rights. You're corn. You don't even need laws. You're barely a vegetable. <laughs> Is it? I don't know. I think so, but it's mostly just like starch. It's like a potato. It's basically a potato. It's basically it's a, a potato. fancy potato. Mm, it's a, a potato with a coat on. Mm, fancy. A little jacket. <laughs> okay. 1865. Congress passes by a vote of 121 to 24. The 13th Amendment of the Constitution, abolishing slavery. Great amendment. That's a good one. It's a good one. <laughs> 1871. Oh, no. When you laugh before. I know. I'm, I'm well, because nervous. I write these, like, I told you when I'm just bored, and mm-hmm. so I forget. And coming back to them is very silly. 1871. <laughs> millions of birds fly over western San Francisco, darkening the sky. That sounds like your worst nightmare. It's my worst nightmare. <laughs> also, that's all I wrote. Well, what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any more information. It was one of them a turkey that's named Gladys? Bird law. <laughs> Charlie, where are you with your bird Charlie. law? Oh, Charlie needs to get on Gladys's case. Oh yeah, Charlie. 
us on the next episode of It's Always Sunny. (laughs) Gladys. Okay, this is a bummer. 1876. The United States orders all Native Americans to move into reservations. Oops. Oops. 1905. The first automobile exceeds 100 miles per hour by a G. McDonald in Daytona Beach. Fast boy. He's a fast boy. He's a fast boy. He's a fastest boy. 1928, Scotch tape was first marketed. Go love a Scotch love tape. Scotch tape. Did you tape. know it sold galactically? I did. <laughs> I do remember that. Uh, 1944, Operation Overlord, a.k.a. D-Day, oh. is postponed. Oh, oops. <laughs> Until June. <laughs> we're going to need a little bit of, we're going to need a little more time. Yeah, we're not quite. We're not ready yet. I'm sorry. D-Day is. Not today, today. It's not today. <laughs> no. Okay, serious now. Oh, no. The year 2000, Alaska Airlines Flight 261 crashes mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm, into the mm-hmm. bay, killing all 88 on board. Uh, 2020, the United Kingdom formally Brexits and withdraws from the European nation. Oh, Brexit. Terrible idea. It's awful. 2022, the online word puzzle Wordle. I do love a Wordle. Is bought for a low seven-figure sum by the New York Times. Seven figures is so many. I don't think I've played Wordle since they sold it. Oh, really? I still play it. Okay, may they R.I.P. They may. 1606. Ooh. Guy Fox. (gasps) Yeah, remember remember the 5th of November. No. (laughs) We're in January 31st, babe. (laughs) No, but he was the one who did remember, remember the 5th of November. The gunpowder plot. Yeah. Okay. That's remember, remember the 5th of November. Okay, great. Yeah, thank Jesus. But also... I'm right. In January, <laughs> we <laughs> remember November. Yeah, we remember November. Oh, he died. It doesn't have to be that day. No. I get it. I it get could it, be, I yeah. It. Sometimes <laughs> I forget what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> I get none of them right. Anyways, he was an English... It sounds like you know, but I'll tell you anyways. He was an English Catholic conspirator who was convicted in the gunpowder plot to blow up the British Parliament. Uh, he was hanged at 35, which is, that's what it is, mm. the 31st. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really interesting because Guy Fox Day is like a celebration that they didn't succeed in blowing up Parliament. And they named it after the bad guy. And they light bonfires. It's like... <laughs> you failed. I'm going to call the day after you. <laughs> it's like calling 9-11 like terrorist day and <laughs> blowing stuff up, right? Osama bin Laden Day. <laughs> It just blows my mind yeah. that they named it after the bad guy. But the only reason I know who Guy Fox is is V for Vendetta. It's a movie. I didn't. Re- I didn't recognize that that was him. Yeah. I know that it's holiday in like Aust- and the Commonwealth basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, 1956. A A R P. No. R P. A A Maline. Winnie the Pooh. Oh my god! I'm so impressed you knew that. Yeah. The author of the Winnie the Pooh books. Love Winnie the Pooh. Um, okay, HBD. HBD. 1865. Henri. Henri. Descarange. Yeah. Nailed it. He did. He was a French cyclist and founder of the Tour de France. Oh, Le Tour. Uh, 1919, Jackie Robinson, mm-hmm. the Hall of Fame baseball player. You know. You love. Love, love sport. You love sport. 1951, Harry Wayne Casey, a.k.a. Casey 
of Casey and the Sunshine Band. <gasps> Casey and the Sunshine Pop. 1970, Mini Driver. Do love a Mini Driver. A.K.A. Jane and Tarzan. 1977, Carrie Washington. Oh, hey. Of Scandal. Of Scandal. And in 1981, of all of our hearts, Justin Timberlake. <laughs> Mr. JT. Happy birthday, JT. Happy birthday, JT. <laughs> Which, okay, I didn't mention this before. but Tell me. Since you said Justin Timberlake, I'm now thinking about it. So Lance Bass has a podcast. Interesting. It's called uh, Frosted Tips. <laughs> or something along those lines. It's fantastic. It it's has great. to be called. That's it's incredible. Great. It's great. Frosted Lean Tips in. is involved. Lean in. And he had AJ McLean of the Backstreet Boys Ooh, on his podcast. Frenemy. And they were talking in AJ. Oh, no, wait. It was, is he in sync? No, Backstreet Boys. So they're both Backstreet Boys. No, Lance is in sync. Oh, right. So they're frenemies. They're, that was yeah. correct. Okay. Um, <laughs> And AJ made a pitch. Oh, I'm listening. And it goes a little something like this. Backstreet Boys. Yeah. In sync. Yeah, yeah. I was hoping. Stadium Tour 2024. I'm, I'll, I'll I, buy it to you I right will now. sell my entire life. <laughs> I will go into debt. I will pay $300. To attend. Easily. Easily. Without even hesitating. Yeah, I wouldn't even think about it. No, I would be like, I'm going. I need a to go. A thousand, I'd think about it. For a minute, and then I'd still do it. And then I'd still do it. I'd absolutely <laughs> still do it. Are you kidding me? <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, Lance has a podcast. Okay, and has had um, AJ's been on it. Joey Fatone has been on uh-huh. it. And then he had JC on it as Cute. well, which was quite funny. Love it. So. Ooh. Obsessed. So, anyway, stay tuned. Love we may it. have an instant reunion. In 2024. We'll bring our mics to the yeah, concert. I'll be so excited. Just be wait. a bunch of... I, I, ho- I travel I, you know, for that, too. For that concert, it should end at an appropriate time because everyone that's there is going to be over 30. It starts at 4. Starts at 4. Ends, ends at 8. Ends at 8. <laughs> and yes. everyone sits down. Yes, the whole time. <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> And they sell they give tubs you, and ibuprofen. I was just going to say, they give you a glass of wine and a two ibuprofen. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> it's amazing. I love it. It's great. Because okay. I love it more. That's it. Except for, love you more. And we mean it. Most. Most. Bye. Bye. Bye.